Hello and welcome to the sermon podcast series brought to you by the followers of Jesus at Knox United Church in Lanigan and Nokomis United Church in Nokomis. This week we have a guest preacher, Jeanette Warian of Lanigan, Saskatchewan. Jeanette is a licensed lay worship leader in the United Church and brings her gifts and talents to preaching. This week's sermon is about finding our way as Jesus shows us our way when we are lost. Grace and peace be with you. Like Job and his friends, we come to you, O God, with questions that seem to have no answers. We pray that your wisdom will rest upon us as we engage in our reflection on the scriptures. We know we are blessed with your unfailing presence, and we are thankful as we open ourselves to your word. Bless now the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts as we pray for our understanding of your word in our day. Amen. The scripture lessons this week are about seemingly impossible things. In Jesus' time and our time, the thought of a camel going through the eye of a needle is absurd. The idea of selling everything and giving it to the poor also seemed unreasonable to the wealthy man in our gospel reading and would probably seem impossible to many today. So Jesus is reminding the people of his day and us too that God should be our focus. Job longs to experience the presence of God in his life again. Job is a faithful companion for us through life's valleys because Job knows that God does not give us easy answers. Job also knew that God was powerful over all things, so he could complain to God about all the misfortunes that had happened to him. He had stopped being patient. He pleaded with God. He argued with God. It seemed to Job there was no way of getting through to God, but Job's faith would not let him give up. Have you and I felt the same way, same way as Job sometimes when we seek answers from God in times of loss or indecision, loneliness or confusion? But Job prods us to keep trying and we will find that even though it seems God is hidden from us, God is always with us. Like Job, we need to have faith and keep on trying. Elijah discovered that God was not in the wind or the earthquake or the fire, but God came to him in a gentle whisper. Psalm 139 reminds us that we cannot escape from God. In the midst of our doubts and fears, God is there for you and I all the time. What might you and I need to change to draw closer to God and feel that presence when we're trying to find our way through a problem? One way I have found is to walk a prayer labyrinth when the opportunity presents. Labyrinths have been used for 6,000 to 7,000 years above ground or under buildings. They vary in shape, round, square, spiral, tree-like, simple, or complex, 
much like a maze. You follow the path into the center and outward again to where you began. I was fortunate to walk the labyrinth on the grounds at Calling Lakes several times while attending classes. A friend had one at her country retreat, which I visited a few times and always took the time to walk the labyrinth. Some of the ladies from our Lanigan congregation may remember spending a weekend there. Dawn Gunther, a former Lanigan resident and member of our church, brought an indoor model to our UCW meeting where some of us had the opportunity to also share that experience. Labyrinths are used to walk, to pray, to center, to reflect, and sometimes may help to feel God's presence. This morning, I brought a small ceramic labyrinth I purchased at Calling Lakes. And it simply is just like a walking path. You can take your finger and it's all these grooves you follow around or a pen. You come to the center where you can stop and reflect and then it takes you back out around. This small version can lead you in an inward journey much like a walk would do. <clears throat> Today, we live in a society based on the acquisition of wealth. Ours is a world across numerous cultures that strives to show signs of wealth. We strive for good-paying jobs with high-paying opportunities. But Jesus keeps repeating, it is hard for the wealthy to enter God's kingdom. Surely he can't mean us. But like the rich man, what is God asking you and I to give up? James Taylor tells the story, Walking Wealth That Jingle Jangles, in his book, The Everyday God. He tells of growing up in India, where his father was a missionary. Seeing the women with bracelets of copper or bronze, some with silver and gold, ringing with tingling music as they walked through the city, doing their daily activities. Some wore only a few on their wrists, while others had bracelets of gold and silver from their wrists up their forearms, and others had massed ankleettes running up their calves. They had, in the words of the old nursery rhyme, rings on their fingers and bells on their toes. His father explained to him that the families and that's the family's entire wealth. Husbands converted their earnings into precious metals and local goldsmiths formed the bracelets around the wives' wrist or ankle as the people did not trust the banks or the money lenders. Today, Western investors sink their money into gold. People pour their earnings into cars which they flaunt, buy cottages, snowmobiles, boats and skis, and then feel compelled to make use of those investments every minute of their spare time. I wonder if our system of handling wealth is any better than the ancient one. Taylor tells of one Indian businessman who was very successful and soon his wife carried such a load of gold and silver that she could no longer cook or tend her animals or her children. 
She could barely move for the weight of her wealth. We in North America are some of the wealthiest people in the world. We ought to learn something from that Indian woman about the burden of trying to have more than enough. Taylor suggests thinking about the things that we have but don't use very often. Do we feel compelled to use them? Have we thought about offering them to someone else to use? He also suggests naming things that we would like to buy. Then stop and consider, why do we want these things? Think about their effect on our lives. And who are they going to help? One only needs to walk through the toy department of any big box store and we can see that we are drowning in stuff that is breakable, unnecessary, imported, useless, and non-biodegradable. What consumer practices are we passing on to our children and grandchildren? What then are the relationships between faith and reward or virtue and wealth? A standard answer is, there's nothing wrong with wealth itself, but the problem is our attitude toward it. As we accumulate riches, we are tempted to trust in our possessions and our powers of acquiring them, rather than in God for our ultimate security and comfort. Even honestly acquired and generously shared wealth can lead to pride. This is why it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. It is hard to let go of the immediate basis of our security and comfort. And the more we have, the harder it gets. I wonder what God might be asking you and I to give up. There are many ways of being and looking deeply within ourselves to see if there is something that you and I need to let go in order to find our way. When life is not turning out the way we expect, we have to stop, take a look, and with God's help, try to figure out what path to take. Remember, with God, all things are possible. Amen.